0: Hi, my name is Ian Khan, and you're listening to the innovation times. podcast. I am a technology author speaker and an advocate for everything good that technology brings a part of my work is running the innovation times podcast and bringing together people from various aspects of the industry and talk about how technology is affecting the way that they perform their jobs, their functions, and how they're leading their organizations through change that's propelled by technology. As part of my podcast, I interview people from all segments of the industry and different verticals as well. Welcome to Innovation Times. Hi, this is Ian Kahn with the Innovation Times Today, I have a very exciting guest and I've been waiting to interview her for a very, very long time. Marianne Yeager is the CEO at the Sequoia Project. Now, Sequoia is a nonprofit um, uh, public-private enterprise uh, that sits in between a lot of different uh, places and, 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 and entities. Uh, because they make these connections possible. Uh, The CEQA project supports um, health IT interoperability initiatives, and uh, they're really the country's largest uh, health data sharing network, uh, serving, I think, I believe, about uh, approximately 100 million patients. So without any further ado, I'll start the conversation with Marianne, because we have a lot of questions to ask her. Marianne, welcome to Innovation Times.
1: Oh, Well, thank you, Ian. It's a real pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you so much. So tell us about, tell us about Sequoia. Uh, I've heard so much, and I have so many questions. But tell us, what does Sequoia Project do? And I, I know you guys have gone through a brand change in the last uh, a few years. How did that come about, and where does Sequoia fit into the industry today?
1: Well, sure. Well, you know, the Sequoia Project is a fairly unique role and a unique um, beginning in that um, the company was started as a nonprofit but with a public mission, And that was important because at the time the company was formed was to take over stewardship of an initiative that was sponsored by the U.S. federal government, the Department of Health and Human Services, where they had incubated a nationwide, what they hoped would be, a nationwide health data sharing network. And then, pardon me, over time, as that effort grew, um, the company was formed to become a steward of it. So we basically serve as a corporate home for multiple interoperability initiatives. Interoperability is our core aim. And then in terms of advancing interoperability and, and of course an aim with the public good
0: and in you mentioned the keyword interoperability today the the healthcare landscape is really really complex because within the united states there's multiple entities there's different systems there there isn't a single payer system in place so there's a, there's a fair bit of complexity in place uh when, when we talk about how the healthcare industry functions at the back end. Help us understand what the landscape looks like from a technology perspective. And you're talking about connecting uh, different entities and their issues and you know the, their billings. And there's so many different connections. How can an average person understand this complexity?
1: Well, sure. So um, again, our aim is really to enable secure nationwide sharing of health information across the many different geographies, many different technology platforms. And as you mentioned, Ian, an extremely complex environment. So in the US, there are hundreds of different health IT technology platforms that are used both in delivering care um, and as well as in health plan systems and across the you know healthcare delivery system. And our goal was really to figure out how do we enable the sharing of data across this very fractured, uh, diverse ecosystem and to identify approaches that would both respect innovation and allow innovation to occur at the edges, but to find that common dial tone, that's what we sort of refer to it as, um, sort of what is the foundational um, in terms of uh, finding the appropriate standards and policies and capabilities that allow data to flow um, that works in a way that is technology neutral as much as it can be, that's open standards based, and that allows room for adaptation. So the ecosystem in the U.S. is of course, very diverse geographically. Um, so there are you know different approaches within different regions, even within you know and across different uh, fifty states and territories. But even at a national level, if you think of national level health plans and the federal government, they themselves have their own approaches. So our goal for really solving that issue is really facilitating consensus across industry and governmental partners to agree upon a standardized way to share data, a common set of rules of the road and really to address issues around data governance and privacy and security and technology as well.
0: Excellent. Now, uh, I, I have privacy and and uh, security of information as a big point that I wanted to ask you about. If you look at uh, how information uh, is is being shared today, there's a lot of talk about uh, you know big data and how big data is going to help us change a lot of things we do with this information that's being shared. But then on the other hand, the the pure fact that we are sharing our personal information uh, with third parties or, or, or vendors or, or, or hospitals, how does, that play, how does that play a part in this information not being secure? Should, should consumers or let's say patients be aware of certain things that they can, they can do to keep their information private? Or how would you really define privacy? What, what is our concept of privacy and how do you look at privacy uh, from where you stand?
1: Well, as you can imagine, um, when you're trying to address and enable health data sharing uh, across an entire country of 300 million patients, um, really the way that, that data is enabled to flow is when there's trust. And in order for different data sharing partners, providers, health systems, governmental agencies to uh, have trust in exchange partners, some of whom they may interact with directly, others who may they have no working knowledge at all, Um, really you start with privacy and security and the underpinnings of transparency and data governance. So that's really, if we look at the work that we have supported here at Sequoia and certainly the beginnings of that work within the federal government here in the US, focusing on what are the the minimum expectations for privacy and security, assuring that the appropriate um, uh, security protocols employed to assure the data are encrypted and really establishing expectations around consent, and in terms of how our consent, how is consent addressed and facilitated when there are different requirements again, and all these different geographies around, and different programs, particularly with the federal government, mm-hmm. and really codifying those expectations in a legal agreement so that it's clear to all data sharing partners what those expectations are, both around how the data will be safeguarded, uh, that we're approaching secondary uses. And having accountability and governance mechanisms in place so that if there is an incident, that there's cooperation across the different partners and that there are mechanisms for really resolving incidents and also potentially even suspending a connection yeah. if there are issues aren't resolved. So it's yeah. it's at yeah. the heart of everything that we do. Um it's actively um not just uh, addressed and spelled out up front, but that active governance is a key part. Mm-hmm.
0: and and as you as as this ecosystem uh let's say brings on and i'm talking uh, about from my perspective is uh, as you bring on more partners or more parties that are that are uh, part of this ecosystem of enabling healthcare services whether they are uh, a drug manufacturer or a healthcare facility there's definitely this exchange of information and there's uh, it's 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 much more complex than we think it is. I mean, uh, you know, people always talk about, you know, the policies need to be changed. And there's this whole, uh, I, I was speaking at a, at, at a healthcare providers, um, a payers conference a, a few months ago. And there's this whole discussion about Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, and that was just a conversation at the tip of the iceberg, because I think um, there's a lot more complexity when we talk about policy and technology. Now, uh, within technology circles, and I want your insights on this, is policy and technology are, are two variables that that really are uh, complex. Uh, on one hand, we're making strides in, uh, let's say, uh, you know, tech, from the technology side of things, where we have new tech technologies such as, say, blockchain uh, that is, uh, you know, gaining a lot of traction right now but then we also have to hold ourselves back from policy perspective and we can't really go out and implement everything on a single given day because of the scale do you see technology playing do you see technology being held back because of policy or do you think it's actually a good thing that policy dictates how technology gets enabled within uh, within the sector
1: well, we like to say that the issues and challenges that are largely encountered are those that are uh, policy related and not so much technical but I think that's why the work that we've been facilitating, supporting over the past you know eight years or so, really is has gained traction because we've been able, again, through this public-private process, to identify the key components of policy that have to be consistent for data sharing nationally, um, and really where it's appropriate to have respect for local policies. So in the US for instance, there's uh, very different approaches uh, for obtaining an individual's consent. Some are opt-out, some are opt-in and it, there's no single national level approach in the US. So that's an area because of that complexity and the disparate approaches that the technological solution was really around, well, how do you support policy? Maybe it's appropriate to convey the permissions, for instance, so that the data sharing partner can determine how to respond to requests and the like. But um, there are also um, important technical challenges that, again, in our experience, is if the more specificity you have around technical specifications and requirements that leads to less variability in different implementations, that there are plenty of technical challenges as well, but if you get the policy right, then it makes it a lot easier to, to execute on the technical side.
0: So are, are there any specific Technologies, without going into the technical side of them, are there any specific technologies that that you, you you're you're looking at as influencers on the industry for the next, let's say, five or ten or fifteen years? And you know, blockchain is such a huge part of conversations today. And this question is kind of towards blockchain. It could be about other technologies as well. What do you see uh, creating an impact from a technology perspective uh, within the industry?
1: Right now, I think the biggest impact we're seeing in terms of um, new technologies. So certainly there's, there's great interest in blockchain and there are a lot of unknowns still. So I think that one is, is certainly one to keep an eye on. But there's a lot of momentum and energy around the use of uh, a, a web services protocol um, based on RESTful approaches that's called um, Fire FHIR, it's an HL7 standard, and that's gaining a lot of traction. There are new efforts underway that make it, um, for instance, to use that as a mechanism and ha- for developing in a healthcare directory. We're seeing firsthand that using these more modernized standards is actually accelerating development timeframes. And again, um, it, I have a feeling, just you know, if you're really thinking about the five, 10-year horizon, that there's probably something on the horizon that we haven't even contemplated that could be really um, monumental. So we're certainly keeping our eyes out for what's coming.
0: Absolutely, and I was uh, speaking to you mentioned fire. I was speaking with uh, uh, Dr. David Hay of Orion Health uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, you know he's he's doing a lot of work on uh, fire. Very passionate about fire. Um, so it 's you know Chris Hobson, I spoke with him just some time ago from Orion as well, so a lot of different conversations about fire, the protocol, and how it 's changing things, so definitely that is something that's uh, uh, that 's gaining momentum uh, a lot more within uh, within um, the healthcare space now t- l- let's let 's shift the conversation a little bit more. Towards Canada, I know you're attending um, uh, you're attending uh, the Canada InfoWay uh, conference uh, just just some uh, f- a few months uh, from now uh, that's coming up. How do you see the Canadian side of the healthcare industry uh, being strong or being weak? Uh, what is your opinion that where are where is Canada with respect to connecting the dots and being uh, ahead within technology?
1: You know, I've had the pleasure of, of talking with the folks at Canada Health InfoWay at different intervals and I've always been so impressed, you know, with the work up there in Canada. I think you all have such a unique opportunity and having, you know, government supported approaches and really having um, I would say, the the financial backing of being able to support national level approaches. So we think it's very synergistic. We like to learn from our neighbors up north. And uh, you know, really try to bring to bear our own experiences, and I think there's a wonderful opportunity to really continue that sharing of experiences, and hopefully enable who knows data sharing between the U.S. and Canada. Wouldn't that be great?
0: Absolutely, and it would it would be a, a, a colossal project when you talk about you know managing that information and 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 doing that. You know, I, talking about different regions and what they're doing. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot that I see happening within uh, other regions. As an example, I, I frequently am in uh, in the UAE, uh, and Dubai really has embarked on a on a mission to make blockchain as their de facto standard behind every government uh, department. So they're aggressively pushing that, uh, and and I think. Uh, the, the the ease of scale is on their side because they're, they're the number of patients that they're potentially looking at is is less than three or five million uh but uh you know it's not thirty or three hundred million so i think that that simplifies uh the, the challenge for them a lot more so they can potentially embark on this uh, a lot more easier than, than we can. But what about the rest of the world? Uh, any insights on what's happening in the rest of the world where they're really making strides in, in technology within healthcare or innovating within healthcare and where we should learn from?
1: Well, I think there are so many experiences to bring to bear. Um, I think that there are some very interesting activities, of course, in Europe where we've um, spent... You know, time really again sharing lessons learned with our um, EU counterparts. And uh, I think that there's really experiences uh, that we can really garner from lots of places in the world. It's interesting. I was talking with a group that was supporting some new uh, government led initiatives uh, in Africa, and they were uh, just noting how their um, issues and concerns, because they're really starting from scratch in terms of looking what they need around, you know, in terms of health IT and data sharing and had different sensitivities around privacy and security that were very different from those in the U.S. In some ways, I think these other parts of the world, particularly those that may not have already have an existing investment in health IT, might be able to actually jump ahead, leapfrog ahead of where we are in the U.S. um, because we are very much working from, you know, the technology investments that have been made over the past 20, 30 years. So I, I think that there are lots of really interesting places we should be looking to
0: for lessons learned very exciting I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to us uh, doing more in north america and we we are but there's uh there's different challenges of different tor- sorts i know we're running out of time here i'm going to ask you just one last question and uh really help our listeners understand you know what the future brings uh, in in your uh, in in your capacity and how you see the entire uh, you know framework of healthcare uh, again through technology through non technology means again also keeping in consideration the challenges that we have. Where do you see us by the year 2030? And that's just one one of the timelines that I'm I'm putting up. 2030 seems to be you know it's not too near. It's not five years from now, and it's again it's not 50 years from now. So I think. 2030, if you will, uh, seems like a nice futuristic place to be. Uh, what do you see happening with respect to technologies such as artificial intelligence uh, or Internet of Things or blockchain? But where do you see us in in the next 15 to 20 years? Let's you know, let's say 2020. Uh, sorry, 2030.
1: Well, I think that it's um, the issues that we sort of focus on uh, today will probably just will look back and and question why it seemed so complicated at the time. And so I, I think by that time frame, and it's just, what, 13 short years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we may actually have different technology altogether in terms of how data are moved. Um, but I think we'll have a, a mix of existing technologies and a blend of new technologies with a way for information to be shared in a much more liquid way. I think that as consumers, we will be able to use whatever mechanism device that we want to more readily access our information and be more of the console, the center point for health data sharing and be more informed. I think there's, you know, in that, that respect, I think there's a movement here in the US and and I'm hopeful that by 2013, we'll actually see that movement of consumer access and consumer directing where their data goes will be much more of a reality.
0: Well, thank you so much for your insights, Marianne. Please tell us where can we learn more about uh, the Sequoia Project uh, and and get more information about you guys?
1: Well, sure, you can always look at our website, www.sequoiaproject.org. And uh, much of our work is, all of our work is very transparent. So you'll uh, find resources on our respective initiatives, not just information about us, but also the work um, that we support, and we really just encourage um, those who are interested in engaging, you know, participate, and if you have suggestions and ideas of new interoperability problems we can work on together, we would certainly welcome that as well.
0: Well, thank you so much. These insights have been invaluable for for our listeners. Again, uh, look forward to an opportunity to meeting you, and uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thank you so much for your time today.
1: All right. Thank you, Ian.
0: If you're confused about the current state of technology and the impact that it has on the world, then you are at the right place. My name is Ian Khan. I'm an author and a technology speaker who focuses on the value created in the current world. I talk about ideas, thoughts, and value creation in general that helps us propel ourselves into a future that's driven by technology. The internet of things, blockchain, Artificial intelligence cloud are all means to create value Technology in general is an enabler for positive business outcomes If you're confused about the outcomes that technology can create for you, then you're at the right place For more information you can always visit me on my website at www.iancon.com or follow me on social media on Twitter at Ian Khan live let's change the future by creating a value nothing else let's just change the future by creating more value that's what I stand for and that's my message